Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Busted Open Radio proudly brings to you today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Myself, Mark Henry, my tag team partner, Mark Henry. We're talking the world of pro wrestling and a lot of stuff on our mind today. And you can't forget that we're going to talk about Bailey and her awesome heel turn on Monday night. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of that uh, SmackDown. She carried it over against Charlotte. She is right now the dominant one in the women's division. Also, man, all of this weird and craziness going on with Jericho's belt. Like, what in the hell? We got to figure out what's going on with that. Where's Waldo and who stole Jericho's belt? Plus, we got an update on the king of the ring brackets. Is it going to be Corbin? Is it going to be Joe? Is it going to be Rico? Is it going to be Chad Gable? Or maybe even Elias? So much coming up on the podcast today. And the official return of the Mark Henry and Bully Ray Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. Take that, Dave LaGreca, the Pro Wrestling Power Rankings, when we're here and back and live and in your face on the Busted Open Podcast. You know who we should call today? We should call Chris Jericho, and we should we just should. ask him, what the did hell? He get his, uh, <laughs> did he get his apology? That's that's the first question I would ask him. Then I, I would know, ask him, what happened? Like, what happened to Chris Jericho's belt? It's like you remember the show Dallas. You know who yeah. shot Jr. Oh, who ran man. over? Who ran over Steve Austin with the car? Who tried to kill Roman Reigns? And who stole Jericho's World Heavyweight Championship? You know what? You've carried the titles so much in your career. Is there an interesting story about the titles uh, that you can tell on the air about people touching it or, you know, it coming up missing uh, anything that, that in, in the locker room? Well, uh, one of the biggest ribs the boys can play on one another is hiding the other guy's belts. And they don't hide it from you like a couple of hours before you have to perform. They hide it on you like 10 minutes before you have to perform. And you know this, Mark. The boys will take the belt. They'll hide it. And you're just about ready to go out to the ring. You're getting all oiled up. You're doing your push-ups, whatever. You're getting to go. And then you go, where's my belt? Where's my belt? And immediately panic sinks in. Yeah. 
and you know there's no way in hell you can go out there without your belt, and Vince is going to be looking at you like, where's your damn belt? Only Vince wouldn't call it a belt. Where's your damn championship? So that never happened to me, but I'm sure the things that happened to me happened to you, like when you go in through security and TSA looks at it, and then they take the belt out of your bag, and they raise it in the air, and they go, hey, everybody, look at this. And you just want to kill that mother trucker. Listen, man, I said yesterday, and Jacob asked me, he said, so what, why is it a big deal? I said, because it's a big deal because he's he holds the title, and you know it's important that everywhere he goes, he has it. And I remember in Detroit, I was going through TSA, and I had the title on top, and I told the guy, I said, hey, man, like I don't want to take it out, but the title – you know, the, the WWE title is in there. Just run it through and check it at the in the back. So we get through. I'm waiting on the title. And this dickweed grabs the title out of my bat and raises over his head and starts running to the front of the TSA line like he held the title. And I, oh, my God, I, I think that I had a mild stroke. My eyes started twitching. <laughs> <laughs> one of my arms went limp and I just cussed him like no one has ever been cussed in the history of custivity. I, I wanted his I wanted his life. I wanted him to feel pain even when he was buried six feet under. It was something that you never it was a hatred. Like I turned into a demon spawn. And I wanted to rip his soul from his body and watch his gray body disintegrate. And I just, I effed him up and down. That, and the guy told me, say, hey, man, you got to calm down. And I said, you got to get him the hell out of here and give me back my title. I want my property. And I'm just going ridiculous. I mean, it, it was very sad. I, my wife would not have been proud of that moment, <laughs> uh, just like she wasn't proud of the fireman's story, like you got to calm down. And I said, listen, okay, I told Bully that um, I wanted to choke him with the hose. I didn't tell him that I wanted to choke. I will choke you with the hose. I was like, I wanted to choke his ass out with the hose. But I got so much heat at home for uh, me saying uh, my wife hearing that I threatened to choke a man's life out with the hose, and he was a, a civil servant. I said he was a civil servant, but he was an ass. <laughs> Mark, I, I don't mean to blow up your spot here, but I was on the other end of the phone while you were talking to the fireman, and yes, you did say, I will choke you with your no, effing hose. No, I did hose. not. I told you, you are, you are mistaken, <laughs> sir. Sir, I mistaken. voice I voice recorded you. So I'm glad you did. So now the <laughs> truth will set me free. I will not have to go home and hear it ever again. So Please. wait, I'm gonna here, here, I'm gonna get back to Jericho for a second. I'm gonna kind of paraphrase what what I read or heard. So let me get this straight. Chris Jericho wins the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. That's right. That's right. At all out, <laughs> he gets in his very expensive limousine with his luggage and his championship. The Mm -hmm. very expensive limousine drives him to the private airplane terminal. It's actually called Million Air. 
and it's a private terminal for people who have private jets. So Jericho's making so much scratch right now that he's flying private jets, taking pictures of it just so he can rub it in Vince's face and all the boys in WWE. He's about to get on his jet, but then he decides, ah, I want to go grab a bite to eat. And he goes to Long Hong Steakhouse. He didn't go to Morton's. All the places. <laughs> he didn't go to Morton's. <laughs> he didn't go to like Smith and Walensky. He didn't go to Peter Luger's. He didn't go to any of the, the high-end places in Chi-Town. Went to Logan Steakhouse. Now, there's nothing wrong with Logan Steakhouse, but if you got your own limo and you're flying your own private jets, you'd think you'd splurge, you know, yeah, for something other than the 12. peanuts on the floor. Yeah, something other than the twelve ninety nine T-bone that comes with two sides and a Pepsi. So, um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he goes back out to the limo and dun-dun-dun. The championship's gone. It's gone. Who who stole it? Was it the limo driver? Was it the bag man? I, I, I got to tell you, I think a lot of people on social media were asking me last night, Bully, you and Mark got to talk about this. You got Mark got to talk about this. And listen, we can talk about it. I just don't know what there is to talk about. It's a funny incident. I guess for Jericho, it's maybe mildly embarrassing. But look at what he did with the video that he put out on social media. He turned a negative into a positive. I believe that this limo driver or somebody legit stole Chris Jericho's championship. I mean, there is a good chance that Jericho was so drunk he just forgot where he left it and it'll pop up tomorrow. So what What about, what about an, an accident where if it was in a bag, the bags got changed up and somebody else got his bag? Uh, it, it could, could happen. Well, because there, part of the story was... <clears throat> that Jericho took the wrong baggage. So he had the wrong baggage, and the limo driver had to drive back to the to the airport to exchange the baggage, but the championship was in the limousine. So I, I think somebody legit heisted it, and that's how we call it on the streets, Mark, heisted it. And heist, um, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to turn it into a storyline, and I love it because they're already having fun with a situation that can be perceived as negative or embarrassing. And to see Jericho in his hot tub with his scarf on. There he is. <laughs> Guy's house is worth like $19 million. There he is just laying in his hot tub. Palatial his, palace. Palatial palace. He's got his scarf on. He's got a, a bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I, I think it's hysterical, and I think they're going to do it. I think he is going to do a great job along with whoever uh, at AEW creatively they need to get with it, turning this into a, a big whodunit, and I think we could have fun with it. I don't think that it was a heist, as you put it, as they say in the streets. I'm not out there in the streets. Uh, I think that some guy is going to get home. He's going to open the luggage. <laughs> And that damn title is going to be on his bed. And he's going to be like, what in the hell is this? That's what's going to happen. And then you'll get the phone call. Hey, uh, AEW, I think I have your title and some underwear and some some very sweaty, nasty, colorful pants and a jacket with spikes all over it. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Mark, on Monday night, we finally got some bass out of Bailey. I was really happy to see what went on. I want to get into that with you. And then last night she came out and she had a couple of things to say. And uh, I want to remind the nation of what happened last night. So give me Bailey, please. Ever since I started doing all of this, every time I step into this ring, I'm, I'm trying to make you guys feel the way that I felt when I was a kid. When I was a fan. And now I have the opportunity. I'm the hero, I'm the role model, and I'm trying to show your kids what it means to be loyal. And that's why I couldn't turn my back on Sasha after things got rough. I'm doing everything that I can to put SmackDown Live and to put this division and this title on the map because you guys deserve it. You guys deserve the kind of champion that has the same recognition as Becky Lynch. And I'm gonna be that kind of champion for a long, long time. And that starts at Clash of Champions when I beat the most selfish person on the whole roster, Charlotte Flair. Now, Mark, obviously that was from SmackDown Live last night, but I want to take us back to Monday Night Raw, and I want to get your opinions. We saw Sasha Banks out there beating the hell out of Becky Lynch, and out comes Bailey. And Bailey takes that chair away from Sasha Banks, and we think that she's going to do the right thing. And then she gets that smile on her face. And the minute you saw that smile on her face, you knew something was up. And Bailey starts beating the piss out of Becky Lynch. What did you think of the Bailey turn? Did you like it? Did you think it worked? I jumped up and screamed like a little boy that watched wrestling for the first time. <laughs> I love her unconditionally, whether she is a babyface or a heel. But I've told her many times because I like Bailey. And she's an Austinite. She lives here in Austin now. And when I see her, I talk to her. And I'm like, I, I wish that you would let everybody know who you really are. Because I remember when she was at the in, at the Performance Center at NXT. And she was teaching all the girls. She was in the ring calling the shots, telling everybody what to do, how to do, when to do. And then you see everybody go up and she's still at NXT. They all, everybody she taught, everybody that she worked with helped condition. And I told her at some point, you're going to have to go off and you're going to have to be able to say, I've taught y'all a lot of what I know, but I didn't teach you everything I know. And when that day comes, you're gonna be a you're gonna be the biggest thing in in wrestling. And here we are. We're on the cusp of her becoming Darth Vader. And when I say Darth Vader, you know what I mean. There's no heel in the history of in entertainment that supersedes Darth Vader. That's the most all powerful villain of all time, in my opinion. I nerded out for a second there, but I'm get back to wrestling. Keep going. I love Star Wars. Bailey needs to do exactly what you mentioned the other day. She needs to go to the ring and say what I just said and say, 
Who taught you how to do your finish? I taught you that. You don't think that I know how to counter it? She's got to be very deliberate when she talks. I don't want her to be scattered like she was yesterday. She tried to say a lot in a little bit of time. You don't have to talk fast. You don't have to talk for 20 minutes. What you say needs to be impactful because everything she's doing is impactful. Her promos are going to have to meet her action. And when that happens, we'll be like the man who, because Bailey is one of the best scratch wrestlers in the world. When you, when it comes down to how, when, and where she puts it down. You know, Sasha's more athletic. Charlotte has got all the tools in the shed. But Bailey, she's the catalyst. And now it's time for her to show it. So <clears throat> let me ask you this, Mark. You said that Bailey lives in Austin, uh, same city as you, and you often see her out and about, and you talk to her. Uh, about wanting to see more of her or seeing the heel edge or, or an edgiest side of Bailey, however you want to put it. What is her reaction when you tell her these these things? Do you, she shakes she, her head and nods in agreement. She see, feels I, it I, too. I had heard in the past that she was vehemently against a heel turn because she felt that she was such a nice person and she loved doing the whole hugging gimmick and you know catering to the children. When you would talk to her about turning, she she told you that she was into it. Yes. Like she she is one hundred percent into it and she she's gonna need some direction because she hasn't had any experience being the heel. But she knows what it is because she it's it's the mirror opposite of who she is. And the wavy uh air puppets that fly up when she comes out and her music plays gone. The, I can see her walking to the ring with just a spotlight on her. No music. I can see her changing her hair to either one ponytail straight to the back or no ponytail. Like something is going, there's going to have to be drastic changes and, and wearing a black jacket, is not going to do it. So so what did you think about the way she came out last night? How do you think they followed up Monday night? Not as not as not as heelish as I would have if it was me. I thought they 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 on a good start. There was nothing to criticize. But I see a darker future coming. And the one thing that Sasha's going to have to realize is when you turn that corner and become a part of the Sith, you act like the Sith with everybody. It's not selective. So Sasha is going to be a recipient of that dangerous element too. You, you, you keep your enemies close, your friends close and your enemies closer. And I think that Sasha's going to find that out. She she may be the first one to really find it out. Last week, Sasha cut a promo that I called Rusty 
and lackluster. You basically came on the show and said her promo sucked. We both weren't happy with it. We felt it was canned. We felt it was dry. We felt it was memorized script. We did not like it at all. We did leave Sasha with a little bit of hope, saying that, hey, maybe it's just some ring rust. Maybe she'll be able to bounce back from it. What did you think of Sasha on the microphone this past Monday night? You know what? It was so much better. So much better. And she was very deliberate. There was... uh... I think that she felt like I have to go out here and, and, and set the record straight. That this is this, what would happen last week was not me. And she did exactly that. She knocked the rust off. She looked like the Sasha of old. And I think that's what we're going to have going forward. Uh, the, the one thing that is still seemed hyper scripted, but her performance and how she delivered it was 10 times better. I I agree with you that she owned the verbiage. She made the verbiage her own. She didn't get worried about memorizing it. And she had that swagger back. You know, Sasha got her groove back and she was walking it and talking it. I got to tell you, she looked phenomenal in the the outfit, the outfit she had on the heels she had on with the new hair, everything Everything seemed to fall into place this past Monday night. The look matched the attitude. Sasha looked like a superstar. Sasha carried herself in a way that I I really only see Charlotte carry herself. When Charlotte comes to the ring, it's like a different level of how these women carry themselves. I mean, if you saw her, you know, last night on um uh, on SmackDown, she's like this tall, glamazonian, powerful woman who carries herself with such a confidence. And I I saw that in Sasha on Monday night. I think she did a complete 180. I really liked the promo. I really liked the physicality. And I think she got herself back on track. The outfit that she wore on Monday with the gold, wow. Wow. That that was not just wrestling. That was entertainment. That was Hollywood. That was Jennifer Lopez esque. I mean, there was it was it was very really impressive and accentuated everything that she holds dear to her. Man, that was a great looking outfit. And it worked. Not only did it work in the sense that she looked like she was uh, an, a, a super attractive woman, but she looked like somebody that was above everybody, and Ooh, it set like her that. aside. And and that's what she's going to have to keep doing going forward. You know something that's really interesting. I have always thought that about Charlotte, like she carries herself like she's above everybody, and to an extent, I, I think in the ring she is. Uh, not, I'm not, and I'm not talking about her height. I'm talking about her ability. But yeah, Mark, that's a great point by you that Sasha was carrying herself this week as if she was above everybody, as if she finally knew how much better she was than everybody else. Did you notice anything about the physicality last night between Sasha and Charlotte when they started to go at it? Yes. That they never... It never looked like one was more powerful than the other. They were they were throwing some shots. 
Yes. The shit it was, was like, look, the shit we was have on. Got to, we have got to go out here and convince the world that women are not weak, that we're not playing second fiddle to the men, that we can give it and take it as well as they can. And brother, I, that would have been one of those where I was like, lighten up. Shit. They, they were they were throwing their they shots. Were throwing they were it. They were laying their their their, their shit in. Um, I, when I saw them fighting, I did not think about females or women. No, I was looking at two athletes fight each other, trying to get the better of one another. And this all goes back to athletic ability. Charlotte is a superior athlete. Sasha is a great athlete and when you have athletes like that who have command of their movements so well especially their punches things come off very crisp and very real oftentimes we see some of the girls get into fights and it looks like it looks a bit sloppy to be quite honest with me yeah uh, with honest with you and 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 i'm not the hair pulling rolling around guy i want to see a fight that that's really a fight where uh you have to pull them apart, and when you pull them apart, you need to watch it and get your hands up too because they may throw one at you because the person that tries to break me up from a fight, I'm going to punch them too. Like, don't break me up. Let me finish it or let the police tase me. <laughs> Just I want to go down without somebody else doing it because as soon as you get grabbed, that somebody's going to sucker punch you. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM. No car required. Normally at this time on a Wednesday, Dave LaGreca starts spouting off at the mouth about his WWE power rankings. You know what, Mark? I don't think the nation really likes his power rankings too much. I think they love the pro wrestling Wrestling. power rankings. And that's what me and you are going to give the nation because we know what it's like to give the people what they want. We know how to send them home happy. So without any further ado, I bring to you the world's strongest bullies, pro wrestling, top five. Raw and SmackDown have come and gone. Let's see who's up. Yes! Yes! And who's down. No! No! In this week's Busted Open WWE WWE Power Rankings. Well, it's not the WWE Power Rankings. It's the Bully Ray and Mark Henry Pro Wrestling Power Rankings. And away we go. Coming in at number five. This guy wasn't even supposed to be on All Out. But because Moxley got a little boo-boo and had to sit home and, you know, wash his elbow off or get some surgery or whatever the hell he had done, uh, my number five pick stepped up to the plate and stepped up in incredible fashion. Home run. Omega's eyes are closed. The brutalizer locked in. Pack on the shoulders now. No. No. He put up the oh. flame. What? Pack with the brutalizer. The bastard put away the best bout machine. 
Mustard Pack coming in at number five. Not only did he take Moxley's place against Kenny Omega, he beat Kenny Omega. He basically tapped Kenny Omega. And what I loved about that entire finish of the match were the stunned looks on people's faces, Mark. People oh, my were, God. People were shocked, and it was reminiscent of when the Undertaker's streak was beat. Kenny is like, you know, the darling of AEW, the darling of the internet wrestling community, and Kenny mm-hmm. freaking lost. Good job by Pac. Coming Good in job. at number four. Coming in at number four. Listen, if you're going to turn heel, you're going to do it with a memorable moment. We've been talking about moments all week. I've been hoping and wishing that this next person on the list would have a memorable moment, and she gave it to us on Monday Night Raw. And now Bailey coming in to put an end to things. Bailey and Ben are their best friends, but enough's enough. Coming in at number four, the girl you love, Mark, Bailey, with a great moment, a great turn, some good chair shots, and if you just listen to the crowd, you know that they were completely shocked. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to have that today because so many leaks and this. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody. Zero. Coming in at number three, these guys were involved in an insane car crash of a match at All Out. Um, Me and Mark are going to talk about it later. Uh, Incredible spectacle. Um, There were tables. There were ladders. There were chairs. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. Number three, a brother team who retained their championships and some people say stole the show. And they are making the climb. They're battered, they're bruised, they're hurting, they're sore. They're trying to climb, they have climbed, they're touching the belt. And the Lucha Brothers have retained the AAA Tag Team titles in one hell of a ladder match against the amazing Young Bucks. Mark is a guy who's been in tables matches, ladder matches, and TLC matches. That was that was insane, some of the things I saw them doing. You were blown away by it, and we're going to talk about it later. The Lucha Brothers retaining their tag team championships, coming in at number three. Uh, number two, Mark, I admitted last week, I've never seen this guy wrestle before. And from the minute I heard his opening music, I absolutely loved him. Coming in at number two is your NXT UK world champion. Clothesline by Walter into the cover, and they will do it. Walter retains the WWE United Kingdom title. Mark, I know you're really high on Walter. We're going to talk about him also later on in the show. Man, this guy has the goods, and he's got the in-ring ability and the psychology to back it up. I love what he did with Tyler Bate. I wish I could have put Tyler Bate on the list, but LaGreca would probably call in with his stupid pneumonia that he's working anyway and bitch and complain that I can't have two guys in one spot. But Walter is at number two. Number one on my list is a guy that we talked about at the beginning of the show. He's great at winning World Heavyweight Championships. 
but lately it seems like he just can't find his. Oh, can't hold on to him. <laughs> Number one this week. Give me that audio. Jericho getting a second chance. Rising backslide. No. Oh, oh, that's it. That's got to be it. By God, what impact. Was that the knockout moment? What a shot by Jericho. That's got to be it. And it is it. Chris Jericho is the first ever AEW World Champion. The Ayatollah of Jack and Cola. Chris Jericho coming in at number one as your inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Champion. So at number five, we got Pac. At number four, we got Bailey. At number one, we got the Lucha Brothers. I'm sorry. I'm a dick. I screwed that up. Five, Pac. Four, Bailey. Three, the Lucha Brothers. Two, Walter. And number one on the Mark Henry and Bully Ray Pro Wrestling Top 5 is Chris Jericho. Wow. What did you think, Mark? I don't Mark? think you messed up too bad. Yeah. So corrections are sometimes needed. That's why they call them corrections. All right. I know I stumbled I, I, over my, my, my fat lips for a second there, but what do you think of the list? I thought the list was absolutely correct. And when we went over this, uh, we had a little debate at the end whether um, Pac beating Kenny Omega should have been above the ladies but it it's just still I think that is it's in the right order that Bailey doing what she did is as big a conversation as we have in pro wrestling today especially I agree. after last night so um I think it's in the right spot if Bailey would have just laid out um Becky with the chair on Monday night I might have put Pack at four and Bailey at five. But Bailey, not only is she a champion, she laid out the top two women. She laid out Becky Lynch, and she took that chair to Charlotte Flair. Yeah. So when it comes to a powerful week, I think Bailey had a real powerful week. Mark, I, I want to get into the number one. And, I, and I, to me, there was no debate. Jericho was number one, not because he's my friend, but because I truly believed that that was the most powerful moment of the week and he deserved it and he earned it a lot of chitter chatter amongst the wrestling community wrestling quote unquote journalists know-it-alls whatever you want to call them smart marks correct said that the jericho match should not have went on last the latter match between the Lucha Brothers, and the Young Bucks should have went on last. So what people are saying is a tag team ladder match for a set of championships that are not AEW championships should have went on before the inaugural World Heavyweight Championship match. Your thoughts, please. My thoughts are just as yours is complete ignorance. That's, that's somebody that's never booked the show that doesn't know how to put the flow of a show together and give it the prestige and the platform for greatness. You have Chris Jericho. Chris Jer I'm going to tell you where Chris Jericho won. He won on the entrance. When his music played, which was actually his music because he sang it, and he came down to the ring, and I, I made jokes about the jacket, but you come down with a $5,000-plus jacket on, and 
you can feel the big fight, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas energy circulating through the building. You didn't have that energy in the when the when the tag match came, the guys came down for the tag match. You didn't have that energy. When Paige came in on a horse, he came in on a freaking horse. It was Liberace walking into an arena and pulling the piano out and putting his foot on the stool, which was what he did. Mm-hmm. There was a presence about what Jericho brought to that match and what Paige brought to that match. And you could not have put anything after that. It would have been a letdown. Even that tag match, if the tag match would have been after Jericho, they wouldn't have been able to follow it. Maybe the nerves would have took a hold. Maybe the the, the moment was too big. No moment is too big for Chris Jericho. No moment is too big for a big prize fight feel, and that is exactly what we got. I'm going to disagree with just a little piece of what you said there. You're entitled to I do think that the latter match could have followed the World Heavyweight Championship match when it came to the level of intensity, the spectacle, the car crash, the spot fest. I think people would have been wowed by it. But in no way, shape, or form do I think a tag team championship match with a set of championships from another company, from AAA, should take precedent over the brand new company's brand new World Heavyweight Championship. From day one, you would be spitting in the championship's face. That's right. Listen, I don't. I didn't even like a couple of months ago when it, when when AJ Styles was the WWE champion. But yet AJ was wrestling in the middle of the card and you saw like Roman in the main event or Brock in the main event or whoever was in the main event. I think that's disrespectful to the championship. Your world heavyweight championship should always go on last. That's the most prestigious match. And I saw some wrestling journalists out there go, well, Hogan didn't always go on last. He went on in the middle of the show. Bruno didn't always go on last. He went on in the middle of the show. What these wrestling journalists doesn't realize is the reason why those World Heavyweight Championships went on in the middle of the show is so they could get Hulk and Bruno out of the building and send them on their way to the next town so they could get a good night's sleep. That's the reason. Hulk Hogan, yeah, Hulk didn't wrestle last all, all the time when he was the World Heavyweight Champion. A lot of times he would wrestle right in the middle of the show. Why? So they could get Hulk out and on to the next town because Hulk had the most vigorous schedule. So let Hulk do his thing. Let him have that five-minute match. Big boot, leg drop, one, two, three. Get him out of the building. Let him get to the next town. Let him get settled into the hotel. Let him make a phone call to his wife. Let him get a good dinner. And let me get him ready for the next town because he's the guy that drew the house. That's why they were putting those... Yeah. Also, a lot of times during that time... There were double shots. So you would have to go from that show to another show, and you would want the main event to be there. And and other people would trickle in and get the show going. But you, you got to get on the road. 
And and that was that was something also that you can add to that. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. The King of the Ring. We're down to the semifinals here. On one side, we have Corbin, Joe, and Ricochet in a three-way because of the wonky finish on Monday Night Raw. What did you think about the finish to Samoa Joe versus Ricochet with both guys getting pinned at the same time? You know what, man? I I, I thought that it was it was um it was one of the more surprising things in the show. Like the sh- that show was going on like at a really really good pace. That I mean it was you tell me. Don't you think that was a, a not a great show, but it was a well above bar show. I thought I thought Raw was really strong this week, and the when it when it happened, you automatically like you, you could hear the crowd just cheer like blow their heads off, and and then not just for that match, but for almost every match that came about. And uh, I, I I just love the way that everything played out. Like it was it was one of those shows where. You were glad that you watched. And, you know, that... I, yeah, but Mark, I, I don't know if... The, I mean, the finish of the match was uh, a move off the top rope where Joe was laying there and Ricochet was laying there. Ricochet had his arm over Joe. Joe had his arm over Ricochet. The referee counted to three. Who pinned two? Now, all of a sudden, the referee bails out of the ring he gets on the headsets and he starts to so- talking to somebody in the back, a senior official, so- somebody, some major decision. Mystery maker. person. Mystery person. And then John Cohn, the referee, goes to the back and we find out that both Samoa Joe and Ricochet are advancing. My problem with that, I understand that you're saying it's surprising and it's different. Yeah, those are words to describe what happened, but... Since this is a tournament, let's compare it to another tournament, sports tournament, like the NCAA Sweet Six, uh, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the March Madness, and you get down to the Sweet 16. What happens if a game ends in a tie between one team and two teams? You go in overtime. So why wouldn't they go into overtime with this match? If the referee can't decide who pinned who and the senior officials can't decide who pinned who, why not give them five more minutes or just restart the match? Why would you let both guys through? Both guys didn't win. This match will be restarted. Howard Finkel-esque. I, I don't know why they did But for whatever reason which will be determined later on because I just can't even wrap my brain around two people advancing rather than two people being eliminated. I mean, I just never heard of that. And how much more heat would it be for Corbin if he was able to advance to the finals by not beating Joe or Ricochet? You know, he, he would have gotten a bye. And he would have gotten heat just by having the bye. Now, I have a lot of different takes on why uh, why they did this. If they do a three-way, let's say Corbin is not going to move on to the finals. This is a way for Joe to beat Ricochet or Ricochet to beat Joe, and Corbin never has to lose. 
And now Corbin's crux could be, I never lost a match in the King of the Ring tournament, and he can bitch about that until the cows come home, right? Yeah, yeah, most that's definitely. The, that's the out on that side, right? Now, if he's able to get, get through, it would be Corbin versus either the winner of Chad Gable versus Elias. And you heard the audio from last night of Chad Gable's win. Those people wow, popped they huge. They popped huge for him. And, and a lot of it was they painted the picture of him being the underdog, him not being able to rise to that occasion, and he did. It was a surprise. And, and I, I just I think we, we talked about this in the break. I was like, I was not expecting that. I was expecting Andrade to, to, to advance. Now, Mark, I thought Andrade and Gable had a great match, but I think it was something else that got Gable over. Was that? It was the promo that happened a little bit earlier in the night backstage with Samoa Joe. Mm. Joe was straight up bullying Chad Gable, making fun of him because he's small because he's short, and because basically he's a, he's an underdog. This is bullying 101, and Joe is looking down at him and laughing at him and berating at him. And one of the things I wrote down in my little notebook, because I take notes when I watch these shows, so, you know, me and you can talk about them, and we can, you know, you know talk with the nation. I said, Gable did a tremendous job in showing self-doubt. At the end of that promo, when, when, when Joe was done berating him, you saw the self-doubt in little underdog Chad Gable. And it's that self-doubt that allowed him to go into that ring and man up and have that match against Andrade. And let me tell you something. When Andrade caught that back elbow on Gable, he almost knocked him the frick out. Oh, yeah. He was staggering. He rung and his that- bell good. Yeah, and I, I'm, we don't have the NFL concussion protocol, but I hope they took a look at him. And when you have what happened backstage, when you got Joe bullying Gable, and then Andrade basically following up on the bullying in the ring, and now you get that finish out of nowhere, all you need to go back is do is, is, is look and listen at the crowd's reaction. That was probably one of the bigger pops of Raw or SmackDown, if not the biggest pop for somebody winning a match in the two can, nights. Can we can we play that again? Because somebody might not have heard it when we played it the first time. Like now that now that we put it into context, play that clip again and so you can hear the definitive reaction from the pen. Right now on Trotty What for the handlock oh, we take oh. Oh, wait a minute! Into a cover! Cover! Game of Ada! Game of Ada! Game of Advances! Here is your winner! Chad Gable! Dad, cut it off. Wow, that was consistent elevation in the crowd. Chad a lot Gable. Dad. A, a lot of really, really good superstars don't get that reaction. Amen. Chad Gable is not, 
Mark, agree or disagree? Chad Gable is not over enough on his own to get that reaction. He is not. And because, because of what happened with Samoa Joe backstage and because of the story told in the ring of the underdog coming back from the ground level all the way up to the top, that's why you got that reaction. And, and that's like we talk about, storytelling 101. Like, tell the story. Paint the picture. Don't allow anything to be wasted. And that's the result. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.